Usually, uh, people refer to Hebrews chapter 11 as, as the hall of faith, as in a Christian hall of fame. And, and it is. It's these wonderful stories of people, and, and it talks about who basically they sound almost like superheroes. But you get, <clears throat> you get uh, towards the middle of Hebrews chapter 11, almost towards the end, and it says this in verse 32. And, and what more shall I say for time would fail to tell Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, endured justice, obtained promises. Sounds like superheroes. Could leave tall buildings in a single bound. <laughs> Out of weakness were made strong. Women received back their, de their dead by resurrection. And then, and then, and then it gets real. And others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn into, they were cut in half alive. They were killed with a sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about the deserts and mountains and in dens and in the caves of earth. So that's not, that's not the, all the picture. But if we're going to get real, Jesus calls the disciples and their figure and they're going to the kingdom. It's going to be throw off the Roman government, right? And they're going to be in charge and, and they'll be good and they can throw Rome off. And Jesus said, Listen, look, 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 look. If any man is going to come after me, oh, I want to be a disciple, I want to be a disciple. Okay, okay. He says, you're going to have to deny. Sounds a little different than enjoy. And we do enjoy ourselves, but I'm going to be a true follower of Jesus I'm going to have to deny myself, take up my golf clubs. No, take up my cross and follow him. And he says, and they're, and they're playing the game. So when we get to the kingdom, we're going to do this and we're going to do this. Yeah, Peter, he's trying to get first, you know. And then there was James and John, and they got mom to come and ask. And she's like, hey, 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 hey. He says, here's where we're going. We'll follow you anywhere. Peter said, I'll, we'll follow you anywhere, right? He says, okay, here's where we're going. We're going to Jerusalem. And when I get there, um, they're going to arrest me. And they're going to beat me. And they're going to convict me wrongly. And they're going to sentence me to death. And they're going to hang me on a cross. And I'm going to bear the sins of the world. That's where I'm going. And the funny thing is, this human nature, it's like, and they're like, okay, so yeah, but when we get to the kingdom, now what? Sounds like about 12-year-old boys, doesn't it? <laughs> Maybe girls too. I'm just not an expert there, okay? <laughs> Never been one, okay? But it's like, it's like this huge disconnect, right? Huge. And Jesus kept telling them, uh, here's where we're going. He told them at the beginning, in the middle, and when they're walking there, 
He tells them again, and they are arguing about who's the greatest, who gets to sit on his right hand, who gets the power when we get there. That's human nature. And so when we read Hebrews chapter 11, we see all these wonderful things, but you get to chapter 12, he says, Therefore, verse 1, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus consistently, constantly uh, encouraged his disciples to get real, to calm down, to, to think it through, what's really going on here. So that's what we are planning to do together. What is, looking now at here at the, at the beginning of chapter 12, okay, what is God actually, if we're true followers of Jesus, what is he actually expecting us to do? What's the deal? What's going on? What must I do? Here it is, okay? There's a specific action. You got a little note thing here. I, I'm looking at them because I usually just don't, but I'm trying to keep on track today with you guys since you have a card and you know where I'm supposed to go. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how close I get, okay? So what is God actually expecting of us for real? And so what is that? He expects a specific, specific, if I can only say it, a specific action. As, this, as we read these three verses, the key part of the whole thing that, that the, these verses hang on is that statement in um, the end of verse 1, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Let us run. He's expecting us to keep on running the race. And that, that, this isn't the first time you've heard that, that that's, a, that's, that's a word picture for the Christian life, running the race, right? Okay. So what race? Which, which one? He says, here's the deal. Because we'll sit here and sing and, and pray and talk and think about, I would like to you know, run the race with God and, and accomplish great things for God, and, and, and I want to do, do that. And he says, so which, which, which one am, is he expecting me to run? Literally, when you stepped out of bed this morning, you stepped on the beginning of the race. Because the, the word race here, the emphasis is not the competition with other runners. The word race here is the course, like a marathon. I don't know why people would run those. They're much faster to drive. <laughs> but we're always looking for, and the disciples are, when we get to the, what, what, and he says, here, here, here's, here's what, here's, here, I love you, I died for you, I gave you my son, God says. Here's what I expect of you. When you got out of this morning, the life that I want you to live is the one that's at the end of your toes. That's the one. 
And frankly, most of us at some point or other, almost like every day, we're hoping for something a little bit better. <laughs> right? A little easier. It makes a little more sense. He says, we, I'll live that. I, we, when you dream, when you daydream, what do you dream about? Worse lives? <laughs> you need medicine if that's... Okay. <laughs> you dream about it will be better. Better job. Not to be inappropriate, but a better marriage. We, you think better. And, and he says, here, now here's, here's the, you know, we're, 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 the di- you know, we're sitting around wanting to do something great. Kind of like Na- the, the, the Naaman who had the leprosy. And then the prophet sent out a message to him to say, hey, just go dunk yourself in the Jordan River seven times. And he was furious. And one of his soldiers came over and said, hey, I'm sure he was pretty nervous, but he said, you know, if he would have asked you to do something great, you'd have done it. That's us. I want to be great for God. I want to, I want to my great family. I want great, because here's, no, here's what. We, we, you think of a, a better job, a better family, a better spouse. Not that you ever would, but you have. Okay, and God says, Tim, the woman that I want you to love is in the bed you just got out of. That's the one. The life that I want you to pursue, it's the one, it's the one you're going to go to now. The kids that I want you to, to lead and love and train, they're, ones, they're the ones making noise in the other part of the house. The life that God has called you to is the one you already have. He did not lose track of you. Where'd Tim go? He expects me to live the life that's at the end. That's the race that he wants me to live, that one. So I am to be running the race and be here. I'm supposed to be running the one that is lying right in front of me, and I am to do it with patience. It's a very uh, work, hard word. It's to bear up under. We're to enjoy hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Is that what the Bible says? We're supposed to enjoy hardness. You missed it there? If I'm going to trick you, I'll tell you. <laughs> it probably won't work. No, we're not supposed to enjoy hardness. We think if you're a good Christian, you enjoy everything. Oh, this is great. I love traffic jams. <laughs> and I love listening to politicians on television. Now you know you're, you've got mental deficiencies. Okay. He's honest. He says, here's what you do. The one that's right in front of you, you're to endure. And it means to remain under a heavy, difficult task. Something that's on your back, on your mind, on your heart. And, and you go to bed with it on your mind and heart. And you get up with it on your mind and heart. And you're hoping for something different, that it would all go away. The only time it goes away is when you're dead. If you're a believer, if you're not, then it just keeps getting, then it's as worse as it can be forever and ever. But if I'm a true believer, it's, okay, so 
I want every, I, if I, the disciples, I follow Jesus, this is going to be great. Who gets to be first and second in the kingdom, sitting at Jesus' table? He says, Jesus is like, constantly. And then, and then he does die, and he does raise again from the dead, and they're like, no, didn't, didn't, didn't happen. Mary comes and tells Peter. Now, <laughs> it's like, what? Because they were expecting something different than Jesus said. What does God want? See, the, the one profoundly good thing about getting clear on what God actually expects is what he expects you can give him. By God's grace, what he expects, you can give him. It is required in a steward that a man be found flawless, right? Is that what your translation says? What's it say? Faithful. You can give him. You know, not in your own strength or wisdom, but with all of God's strength and wisdom, you can give him. But the, we concoct these great, we should dream big. I can't think of one time where Jesus told the disciples, dream big. He says, follow me. Follow me. And you're going to need to, to follow me on the course, the path, that's, that the one you already have. God didn't lose you. In his love and wisdom, through a variety of decisions, he led you here with whom you have as children, as a parent, as a wife, as a boss. He led you here. You don't need to look for God's will. Look in the mirror. That's what... Now, okay? We want to give God great things. God says, uh, you don't have any. So what I want you to do is I want you to give you yourself. Give me you, your life right where you're at. I know your name. I didn't lose you. I gave you birth. I've been with you all along. I've kept you alive. I have a plan for you. The life is right there. You don't need to go looking for it or hire a consultant or a life guide. It's right there at the end of your toes. Love that woman, discipline those kids, work that job, tell that neighbor next door about Jesus. I was hoping for something a little more, a little more extravagant. That's not what he called the disciples to. That's not what he calls us to. So he says, keep on running with endurance, staying under. Well, this seems hard. God says it is hard. This is war. This is service. You're a servant of Jesus Christ. Wake up. Let us run with endurance or patience, the race that is set before us. Okay? So, that's what he's expecting. Specific action. Keep on running the race. When? Till I tell you you're done. When will he do that? You'll be dead. Or at his appearing, either way, he'll tell you, Tim, you're, does it, I may be weird in many ways, but this way, okay, so, um, 
Does anybody like, like to get done? To be done? <laughs> What's your name? Josh, that's okay. <laughs> okay. I love getting done. I even love to hunt. Okay, I love to hunt, love to, but it's like, okay, so, so I remember guys complaining, I went out the first morning, shot a buck that morning. Oh, no. What, what? That's like the best day. You can take it back, you can hang it up, you can go show it, you can eat some food, you can get warm. Okay. I love getting done, but we're not done until we see his face. He'll tell us when we're done. So, running the race that's right in front of us, running it with patience, remaining under, okay? Got to move on, okay? Got to flip the page, too. I could hide this if I had an old, big, old-fashioned pulpit, <laughs> which I'm glad I don't have. Flip the page again. How is he expecting us to do this? He, we're supposed to run the race with patience. He says, you do this by, here's, here's what will make it work. This is the only way this works. And this is real secret. It's real high tech, like me. He says, here's how you do this. Looking. How do I keep enduring? How do I go to that job again? How do I say, okay, let's sit down, sweetheart, and talk through this again? I'm not make, trying to be sarcastic. It's just that's... That's really not, she's not having fun either, because she knows you're going to be like, oh, yes. <laughs> you're going to be like, sure, and which is hurtful to her. So how do I continue to endure, live this life, the one that I already have, faithfully following Jesus? He says, look at him. Look at him. Laying aside sin and obstacles and focusing our heart or intention on him. That's what the verse has been saying. Okay, so let me uh, begin uh, reading it again here in verse 1 of chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely. And let us run the race, this race right in front of us. With endurance, the race that is set before us, looking, continually looking at Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith. Okay, so here's the deal. We need to deal with distractions in our life, the sin that's in our life. Well, how can I stop it? How can you stop it? How can you stop it? Anybody know? You can't. <laughs> you, can, you can sin less. You can grow. You can stop certain things. Certain expressions of certain things. But you can't stop. So he says, here's the deal. We need to be continually dealing with Confronting, asking forgiveness, dealing with our sin, 
and not just sins, but weights and obstacles, things that are distracting us from the path of serving our Savior, okay? But the, so, so what motivates us to stop a certain sin, to confess sin, to grow? Because you can, okay, not to, you can grow in your battle with a lust for things or a lust for another person or a lust for power. You can grow. You can get better, you, God, through walking faithfully with God, you can, the expressions of such sins get less and less dramatic and less damaging, but you can't stop them till you stop breathing, right? So he says, here's the deal. You need to keep going. You need to keep battling sins, but here's how you do it. You look at Jesus. This is so hard. This is so hard. I can talk to you and I say, oh, it's so hard. The people were mean. It was difficult. Oh, and then you tell me, oh, yeah. And then, but it's, uh, it's, you, can, you can quit looking at your life. You, I mean, you can, you can go say, I quit. You can quit looking at your spouse. Maybe that's why you want to quit. Okay? But you can't quit looking at Jesus. You can't tell Jesus this is too hard. Can you? You tell your friends this is too hard. You tell yourself this is too hard. And now you have good reason just to cut and run and walk and stop. And you could do it if you had a better, if, some, if God dealt you a better hand. God dealt you a hand, that's what he gave you. That's the hand he wants you to play. You say you did, you did tell him at some sincere moment in your life, I will do whatever you want, right? How many of you have done that? Did you mean it? Yeah. You just thought it would be something different. <laughs> right? So this is it. Huh? <laughs> it is, it, it's, it's kind of it's like your kids come back like, hey, I went to work at first job. It was like, and what was it? Yeah, it was really like work. <laughs> That's why they call it that, son. The Christian life is not a cakewalk. You decide if by God's grace he worked in your heart to be a follower of Jesus. Where did Jesus go for you? And he went there for you, and then he says to you, follow me. And so as in marriage, I'm supposed to marry, uh, love the one I'm with, not the one I'm with like on dates, one I'm with, the one that God gave me. Discipline and love those children. Do that job. Doesn't mean God can't change your job, give you, no, you know, but, but I'm saying it, it's the life that he gave you. He didn't like, oh, yeah, Tim, where did I leave him? Oh, just do that, Tim. <laughs> Let's go over there and spin in a circle for a while until I can come figure out something I can do for you. I am to do this considering focusing my heart and mind on Jesus Christ. Looking, at, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. So he gave us our faith he grew faith in our hearts through his word, and he's going to keep completing it. He's going to keep, he's going to keep building it and strengthening it. 
He says, so he, the, the perfecter and founder of faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. There was a cross and there was this. He endured. He didn't enjoy the cross. He endured the cross. He despised. He, he spit on. He threw away the, this, this shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Do you think that was like the best sit-down ever after all the stuff that Jesus sat down next to the Father? You think Jesus uh, was sad about saying, it is finished? Not so much. It's hard. It's hard. He gave you your life. He gives you, this is the one he wants you to live. That's the fact. You ever feel like quitting? I always say, only on days that end with why. <laughs> because you're a witness. Everybody feels like quitting. Don't, don't lie. You just don't. Why don't you? There's a number of reasons, but the, the real reason, if I'm a follower of Jesus, is because he told me to follow him, and he didn't quit. I'm to look at him. And when it seems too hard, I should remember his words. I want to just read some words to you from Psalm 22 in which Christ's words are spoken. In the middle of David's words are being spoken. Just see if I can get through it. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's Jesus. Why are you so far from saving me, from the words of my groaning. Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I find no rest. I am a worm, not a man, scorned, scorned by mankind and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at him, for he delights in him. Okay. They wag their heads. He trusts in God. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. Be not far from me, for trouble is near. There is none to help. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death, for dogs encompass me. A company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. He says, before you think 
Because the life he wants you to live is the one that's at the end of your toes when you get out of bed this morning. The one you got. The one you're going home to. You thought God's will would be a little snazzier than that. God says, that's what I want from you. When it comes to being a true child of God, I want you to admit you're a sinner, helpless and deserving hell, and I will forgive you of your sin and give you eternal life. That's what I want from you. Don't clean up your life. I want you to bring me your sin, own it, and ask for forgiveness, and I will save you. And here's what I want. The life you got, that's the one I want you to live. I didn't get your address wrong. Well, that just seems too hard. You can't go to Jesus and say, I quit. It's, it's just too, it's too hard. When you're looking at what he did for you, right? You, you can quit looking at your, when you look at your wife, you look at your husband, you look at your job, you look at your boss, you look at your car. <laughs> it's just a piece of junk. Okay. You can quit then. But you can't quit Jesus if you really know him, can you? And most of us do try sometimes for moments, but you can't because you can't say you don't understand. You don't know what it's like. It's too much to give. It's too much to ask. It's not. Um, for other people to ask, yeah, sure. For the government to ask us, yeah, we think this be you should give more sacrificially to the government. <laughs> I, I don't think so. But Jesus, we would be greatly helped in our walk with Christ, in in our spiritual walk, if we remembered what He did for us and we remember what He wants us to. I'll do anything. I'll do anything. Good. Love your wife. Obey your husband. Ooh, there's a little. Does he know my husband? Yeah, he gave you your husband. What if my husband's not a believer? Oh, well, then God didn't know that. <laughs> Sorry. Come on. So, that's what he means. That's what I mean when we talk about getting real. Getting real. I am called by God to run a race. It's not a competitive race. It's a finish race. You finish your course. And I do that. I ha uh, uh, am I supposed to enjoy it? Some. I'm not a big runner, but I could. I suppose I could enjoy the downhill part. <laughs> he didn't. This is not heaven. This is not forever yet. This is just a, the beginning of the story. And he came and lived and suffered. And was rejected by his father. And he became sin for you and me. 
And when he did, it's the only time on the cross that he cries out in pain. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So if you can go to Jesus and say, Jesus, you don't understand. This is too much to ask me. I mean, don't you feel like there are times where he's asking too much? Don't you? Yeah. And sometimes it's just because it's unpleasant, and sometimes because it is too much for us. But it's not like it's us alone. He'll be with us all the way. It isn't like, yeah, go do that. Good luck with that. So, if I look at Jesus, I, I just can't quit. I could look at the people I serve and say, this is too much. They ask too much, whether it's your kids, your, your co-workers, whatever. Spouse, they ask too much. I, 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 can't, I can't deal with this. Well, you will deal with it one way or another. So, when I look at Jesus, I can't walk away. Which is, which is think about it. So, um, sometime this week, you probably felt like walking away. And were discouraged and really think that your life, at least this part of your life, stinks. Um, but now, you see so you come in and you see some friends and then... And then, and then we sing together about Jesus. And our mind's on Him. Does that change the way you feel? It better. <laughs> change, it's like, <sighs> if only that's how it could always be. It is always that way in the mind and plan of God. Life is a vapor in God time. I mean, there's woman time and there's man time. And then there's teenager time. <clears throat> okay, okay. God time, this is, a, this is a breath. This is a moment. And it's all going to make sense and all be incredibly more worth than we can, better than we could ever hope or imagine. And, and that's going to be forever. This seems like a long life, but for your kids, waiting for the cookie three seconds is way too long. <clears throat> right? We're just big kids looking for bigger cookies. So if you're looking for the happy life, uh, if you're a follower of Jesus, you found it, it just doesn't feel happy right now. It does at times. God's great. He gives us encouragement. He gives us, uh, you know, drops of joy. He does. It's amazing. But it reminds us, those are just little breaks in the work I called you to. You could look at your spouse and say, this is too hard, I'm gone. You could look at your church and say, this is too hard, I'm gone. You can't look at Jesus and say, this is too hard, I'm gone. You, well, if you can, you're not a, you, you don't know him. Right? You don't know him. If you know him... If you're really going to make the quitting thing work, then don't check with him. <clears throat> don't, don't go to the office. 
Problem is you got to pray every day anyhow because you need them to get through tomorrow to get the car started. So you're going to have to look at them, and when you look at them, you're going to go like, yeah, I'm an idiot. I'm a sinner. I'm sorry. After all you did for me. So consider him who endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your mind. So, everything comes at a price. Our salvation came at a price. Christ paid for it for you and for me. It... um, leads us into where we need to go next in our time together, um, into the Lord's Supper. I've never done the Lord's Supper with you, so if it looks like I'm doing it wrong, (laughs) it's possible. (laughs) Because I've done it one way for like forever, literally, before this. But so just set aside any little idiosyncrasies, which you have to do if you're going to listen to me. Um, okay. So this is Memorial Day weekend. Kind of, uh, kind of a blessing that it is, because it it helps us it helps us to understand uh, what the Lord's Supper is about. Strangely, okay. Because it's about it's it's not like we forget like. If you lost a, a, a friend, uh, in this, I, I can think of those men that we lost out of the church I grew up in, um, in war. Okay, I, I can think. Um, I don't think about them every day, every moment, so I don't forget them. Um, but I, holidays help us remember them, right? And so the Lord's Supper is a very important time where we don't don't forget, you know, like, what did Jesus do for me on the cross? I know it was something good. Uh, That's not how it works. But we often don't think about it, right? And then we need reasons to remember. It's when you, you know, look on, it's, it's your birthday time, like, oh, yeah, I remember me. We get reminders, and those reminders um, take us out of the busyness of everyday life and help us to focus on things that are incredibly important. So as a country, we remember that the freedom that we value or don't value, and we can not value because we have it, (laughs) because we've been given freedom that it came at a price. When you can put a name on that price, you still don't always remember them every moment of every day, but when they come to mind, there's a great value in that. There's great worth in that. And so we remember those who suffered and died for us to be free. And that's really appropriate to do this weekend. But it's not commanded by God. It's it's a great 
national holiday. But God says, I'll, I'll tell you something else I know you're going to forget. Now, you'll remember when you remember, but in between you'll forget. So Jesus sits down at the Last Supper and he gives them instruction. He says, okay, um, this is my body, which is broken for you. This, do, do this remembering me. And the disciples weren't real good with it at the time. Remember, I'm like, he's right here. Where's he going? And, 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 and they, they were like, where's he going? And it's like, are you kidding me? He's been telling you for three years where he's going. Men. <laughs> the women would remember. <laughs> And never forget. <laughs> so here's a piece of bread. This is my body, which is broken for you. This cup, this is just juice, but it pictures the blood. And Jesus says, I, I, and I, I think there, it's, uh, I don't mean uh, pathetic, like <laughs> pathetic. I think it's, there's a, real sadness to him having to ask to be remembered but he doesn't resent it he's like yeah you guys <laughs> idiots I love you but remember deliberately recall to mind it's a picture we know that these, these are just this is just a wafer in there at the top there, and then there's just a, some juice in there and 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 Jesus gave them bread and wine and said, this, not this is my body, like it was his body, like physical, but this is, this, this body is going to die for you and this blood is going to be poured out for you. And you need to remember that. You need to remember that. You need to bring it to mind. Pictures do that. So, any grandparents here? Any of you have a picture of your grandchild with you today? Yeah, you got your phone, you get grand. And then we have one great grandchild, which is, don't tell their grandkids, but it's like, that's even better. <laughs> it's like, oh man. So I could say, I could look it up here, it would take me a while, and I could show you a picture of my granddaughter, and you'd go, okay, okay, okay. And I could say, that's my granddaughter, and it's not, but it is. It's just a picture, but it brings the person to mind. So when Jesus asked his disciples to do this meal on a cycle, you know, in their tradition, and when you do that, use it to remember me. That's not nothing. That's like, I remember Jesus. I even know how to spell it. Okay. Turn the channel to Jesus. And think about him. Remember him as a person. He's not a force. He's a person. And remember in your discouragement and the hardness of your life what he suffered for you. And when you're feeling like quit, remember that's the one you got to go quit to. you got to go tell Jesus. Um, you're not. It's not worth it. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Jesus. I love you. You can't, you can't walk away from him looking him in the eye. 
Can you? You can't. You can't do it. Which is a good thing. It says you know them. You love them for real. So this is just juice and this is just um, a wafer. But Jesus says, I want you. I want. This is something I want you to do till you see me face to face. I want you to look at this picture. And remember, my body was broken for you, and my blood was shed for you. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. The church at Corinth had a lot of strengths and a lot of weaknesses, and they had trouble remembering that the Lord's Supper became a real uh, hustle. And uh, filled with all kinds of things besides remembering Jesus. And so uh, he, he rebukes them. He corrects them. And then he says to them, he, he quotes to them Jesus. And it says to this in verse 25 of uh, 1 Corinthians 11. And he says this, verse 24, excuse me. Jesus took the bread, he broke it, and he passed it out to them. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said... This is my body, which is for you. This is my body, which is for you. He says, when you take it, intentionally, personally, remember me. Join me. Then, he said, in the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Father, I pray that the word of God that we sang, it's beautiful songs today. The truth is what makes them powerful. Would resonate and reside in our hearts. I pray, Lord, for your word, which we looked at. Try to consider in a meaningful way. I pray it wouldn't just be water off a duck's back. I pray we would chew on it and think about it. Remember that the life you want us to live is the one we have, not some we find somewhere on some website. And you want us to put away distractions and deal with our sins. Help us to be willing to do that because you paid for our sin and you died to save us from our sin. And help us to run the race that's in front of us with patience. We don't have to like it all. But help us to do it, Lord, with true commitment to you. Not a cause, not a code, but to you. 
We pray that you would help us to finish the course with joy. We thank you for your kindness and love for us. We ask all these things, Lord, in Jesus' name.